Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Hot. Yeah, gotta say it again, gonna be hot. Um, I just looked at something on one of the station's weather reports, and they're predicting that August 13th through the 19th, maybe, will be wetter than normal. Um, I don't know what that translates to. I'm not sure how much water we get in August as it is. It is not a dry month, but it's not particularly storm showers every day. But they predict a wetter than normal period of time. And uh, if that brings us any, any rain, that is a good thing. But um, so far, we've had several calls of this will be wetter than normal day and no rain anywhere. Not even those sea breeze late night showers. So you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, the 13th through the 19th, they're showing as wetter than normal. Uh, Good luck with that. That means, though, we have about seven more days, at least seven more days, where the temperature will be above 100. In most of those cases, the temperature will be above 105. As a matter of fact, looking at their projection chart, 106 is going to be the low temperature for the next week, the low, the lowest uh, of the hundreds. That is just that is just unbearable. I'm watching as some of my plants are, well, they're, they're giving up. I can't really keep enough water to them. Some of my very well-established plants, they're not doing too good. My rough leaf dogwood looks like it's been in an oven, but it's still growing. My yopons are doing well yet. My uh, mountain laurels still hanging in there. Texas sages still hanging in there. But some of these plants, they're on the edge. And it's a question as to whether or not they will continue. They'll be able to hold out until we actually get some rain. I got my fingers crossed, it's the best I can do. But I'm also keeping track of what I have planted that's still performing. Things like, uh, things like my yopons. My beauty berry's hanging in there. It gets water once a week. My, uh, 
my betony, some of my salvias, they look terrible, but they're alive. So maybe, just maybe, if they can make it one more week, at least we have the hint of rain coming. We'll need to wait till we get closer to the weekend to see what they start saying. Other than that, I have uh, started my fall tomato seeds. I didn't, my wife did. And we have uh, a bunch of them coming up. And we picked ones specifically uh, that we have seen perform well in this weather. I should say still setting fruit in this weather. My peppers, I've said that I have the Big Bertha red bell pepper. I went to pick pepper. Uh, I went to pick pepper uh, the other night and son of a gun, it was a great looking pepper, but the canopy for the plant was not thick enough and the pepper got sunburned, sun's called it, and turned into a mushy mess. So we're going to cut it off, throw it away, and hope to encourage the peppers to continue producing. I think they'll really fall into line and do well if we can get that rain. I get the best performance of my peppers early in the spring and through the fall. They can really start putting on some decent peppers. So that's what I'm hoping for is to simply keep the plant growing until such time that the weather is going to cooperate. The peppers I have picked have been very good. Deep red, thick walled, fair sized in the summer. They're never as big as they can be in the cooler weather, but they've been looking, looking pretty good. My tomatoes, nope, they're gone. They're not doing anything at all for me. So we'll wait till the rain starts coming and hopefully the seed started tomatoes start growing a little faster and a little bigger and we'll turn around and we'll plant those in the fall, probably right around Labor Day with the hope that we do get some rain by then. Remember, we need the temperatures to be below. The nighttime low needs to be below about 75 degrees. The cooler it is at night, the better. Um, But it's not just, it's not just the high temperatures. It's not those daytime highs. It's the nighttime lows that we're hoping will start dropping appropriately. If for no other reason, I like to go out and sit outside in the evening. When it's still over 100 at 9 o'clock, I'm not going to go out and sit on the porch. It's just too much. So here we go, starting our 
trip down the train tracks to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I just hope it's not an oncoming train. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's uh, let's go to the phone. This is Stephen. Stephen, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. I uh, really appreciate you and uh, everything you do. Um, just wanted to, you know, my, my rain barrels have officially gone dry. <laughs> And uh, I set up another rain barrel. If I, if I would have only had one more, I think I would have survived the, you know, the summer. But I set up another one, so hopefully, when we get some, if and when we get some rain, I might be in better shape. But uh, I wanted to make a comment. Um, you know, you talked about a way of har- harvesting some water with, you know, taking a bucket in the shower. Um, I did that, and. Um, um, another way, what I found is uh, the kitchen sink. You know, like I'll have some dishes in the sink, and I usually always rinse them out uh, before I put them in the dishwasher. So what I do is, as I rinse them out, I take the water that I'm using to rinse the the dishes out with, and I'm putting that in, that in a bucket, and then taking that outside, and then watering my. Um, I think I got about eight or 12 container plants that are still hanging in there. Um, and I'm using that. So just another, another way of uh, harvesting some water. Uh, that is a good idea, Stephen. Now, not everybody is a fan of using dirty dishwater, but that, I know. <laughs> it's water. It's not a big deal. They got to have the water. Otherwise it just goes down the drain. So, that's a great way to save some water. And like you said, you're able to take care of some of your container plants. Yeah. I do have a question yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, what are you doing to your tanks that are dry? Um, well, I basically got all the, you know, when I got down to the bottom, you know, of course there was some, a lot of dirt and what have you. So I just sort of, you know, flipped them over. They're basically, I have two horse troughs, with, which are about, you know, 225 gallons. Mm-hmm. And I just flipped them over and got all the dirt out of them. But right now, they're just bone dry. So, Well, that's the thing uh, we'll all hate when we empty a tank. You know, cause yeah. it's like, there goes my water. What am I going to do? But this is a perfect opportunity once it hits bottom to do what you did, dump them out, rinse them out, get the gunk out of them, and then you're ready if we ever get rain again. You know, it'll start out with clean tanks. And the other thing is sometimes you'll have a little bit of water left in the bottom, what might be there, and it's just asking for mosquitoes. So dumping them and rinsing them really makes a difference. Yeah, no, I, uh, all of them, I got like three of them on my property and they're all bone dry right now. So there's no mosquitoes. And I was putting those tablets in there that supposedly, you know, kill off the mosquito larvae when I did have water. And the other thing I did, I think I told you about this before. I, uh, I've done this in the past. I put in the, uh, um, I, I can't remember the exact name of them, but I call them mosquito fish. I'll, I'll put the mosquito oh, fish yeah. in the tank. 
and uh, let them um, eat up the uh, mosquito larvae. Yes, but, that, uh, that is not uncommon, especially folks who have ponds, you know. Yeah. Although after a while, the fish learn to eat the food you feed your other fish, and yep. they figure out that, hey, this food tastes better than mosquitoes, so you got to <laughs> be careful with them. Yeah. Okay, well, Jeff, uh, hang in there, and I'm an optimist. I think, um, I think <clears throat> hopefully we, we should be on the downward slope. It's, it's a countdown right now. Well, I just hope that it's a slope and not a cliff. So let's <laughs> see what happens here in another week. Yeah. Okay. You take care and uh, be safe. You too, Stephen. Thank you for the okay. call. Yeah, folks, um, we have rain collection systems, whether you have a 55-gallon drum or you have a 2,500-gallon tank, when they get empty, this is the perfect time to rinse them out because um, we had a tank at our community garden and the water was so high in sulfur. It was well water, but it was you could smell it. It was so high. Uh, you would look down in the tank when it got really low and it would have... Um, a yellow powder all the way around the bottom of the tank where the water had uh, finally drifted down below. And that was the time when you would, you know, they're usually got big enough manhole covers in them, or you can, um, you can use a, a, a pressure washer to stir it all up and open the valve and drain it all out. So, that is an opportunity, at least, to get the junk out of your rainwater tanks and uh, clean them out. It's not a lot of work, and it doesn't take a lot of water. You could usually get it done in just a few minutes. So maybe there is a good thing to these periods of time when we're not getting rain. Um so uh, we just have to, you know, it's like there's, there's a silver lining to almost everything. So this is our silver lining. As the tanks go dry, we get an opportunity to flush them and get the junk out of them. Now, a lot of you will find, especially if you're taking water off a roof, that you're going to have a lot of the little grit in there from the shingles. And that makes the tank heavier, which may be a blessing because that way it's less likely to tip over with that weight on the bottom. But you can get that out of there too. And those granules of sand and grit from the shingles, just toss them somewhere. They're not... They're not going to cause a problem. And getting the tank clean, well, you'll probably get more of them back. But you'll wind up with a clean tank. You won't have junk in it trying to create algae and all kinds of stuff. If you've got tanks, like Stephen said, don't forget your mosquito dunks. Now, he had big enough ones. He could put the fish that eat mosquitoes 
in the tank and they would eat the mosquito larva. But if you've got a sealed tank and you can't get fish in it, make sure you're using the mosquito dunks because your rainwater tank will be heaven to the mosquitoes and there is no way you can keep the mosquitoes out of it. They will find a way in it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break at the bottom of the hour for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, gardeners. We are looking at some really miserable conditions this week. Now, we're hoping to get to the downhill slope, as Stephen said. I'm afraid we're going to go to a pretty high peak before we even begin to think about going anywhere downhill. Hopefully, the estimate of a wetter than normal couple of weeks, you know, uh, next starting next weekend, hopefully they're right, that we'll get some water going, that we'll get some decent rain, and that we'll... Uh, start to recover. My fear is, is we are so dry right now that if we do get rain, it's going to be kind of a risk of the high runoff, meaning flash flooding. When the ground is this dry and you go to put water on it, it needs some of that water to saturate it first to be able to absorb the water. Otherwise, it can't soak in, and that means it runs off. And when our soil is this bad, that runoff just begs for flash flooding. So it's always, it's always a coin toss. Well, more heat is its own problem, but if we suddenly get rain and it comes too fast, that's a different problem, even though we still need the rain. It's a non-win solution. We just have to take it day at a time. But our plants are so desperate for rain now. Those of you who haven't been able to water, I do empathize. I have a one day a week watering and they're looking at trying to get rid of that one day a week and not have outside watering. There are a lot of plants that I'm already not watering. Was looking at some of my older, well, well-established crepe myrtles. They've been in place at least, um, I would say 40 years, maybe longer. They're big, they're tall, and their leaves are kind of barely hanging in there. I get an odd bloom on it every once in a while, but the plant is really, oh man, give me some water. But it is still intact, it is still growing, it is still doing well, which is the thing that I want them to do. Or I'm hoping hoping that that rain will come 
and salvage so many of our plants. I have more than my share of things growing on my property that are still hanging in there. And I have a, I guess you'd call it a dead list. So many plants that I tried to grow that just couldn't make it. Either a condition of the soil or they couldn't handle being without the water. So first clue is don't plant them anymore. They're not going to make the conditions that we need or they need to grow well. The only place that I have green grass is over my septic field. Yeah, grass grows greener over the septic field. That's it because I won't water my turf grasses. We're too short of water and I have too much of it that I need to take care of. And I'm really not in the mood to do that to keep them going. Once we get rain, I will do everything I can to improve the conditions where I do have grass growing fertilizer and soil activator and seaweed and compost tea, all of the things that are going to help build up that soil for me so that the turf I have can come back and restore and look good. I have grandkids. They would like to be outside and running around. I have an area, maybe... 4,000 square feet, maybe, where the kids can play. And I will work to keep that spot going, but I do not support any other places on my property with water. There just isn't enough. Now, some of my, <clears throat> some of my places where grass is growing, it isn't a turf grass. My rescue grass is hanging in there. Got to keep it mowed. Um, some of my Bermuda is doing pretty good, not getting water. I have a unique uh, area on my property where there is limestone everywhere. But underneath the limestone, that's where water seeps. And it seeps downhill and it comes out in an area where, guess what, they need water. So I have one area where it's like it collects water and releases it throughout the year. And yes, I've got something that looks like grass there, looks like it. Um, it's fairly green and it is a decent ground cover. So I'm happy with that. I have plenty of places where I had horse herb. I like horse herb. When it's got water, it's green, it's soft, it's attractive. Right now, it's all curled up. That's not a good sign when you are so short of water that even horse herb can't make it. I've been talking about plants that have been doing okay. And my Blackfoot Daisy 
keeps putting on those beautiful little white flowers, little clusters of them. I said several times that my lantana was doing well. Not anymore. <laughs> Lost all of the blooms on it, and the leaves are curling up. Trying to get it watered during the once-a-week watering period, but I just can't seem to catch it up anymore. Like I said, the plants are growing. They're managing this weather. They're doing well enough in the heat, but they're surviving. They're not thriving. It would be so great to say we have one more week to go. But in reality, no guarantee. We can only hope for the best that there's one more miserable week of temperatures that we have to deal with and lack of rain. I'm just hoping when we finally get rain, you know the Texas saying, the sure way to end a drought is a flood. I'm hoping we're not going to get uh, flash flood conditions when this wetter than normal period of time hits us. A little rain is fine. Spread it out over days if you want. Just not all at once. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Gary. Gary, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Enjoy your show. I have a question for you. I'm going to be having to resod my yard. Um, and I want to know, I was plan. I know I need to wait. It's too hot now, but I was wondering if, uh, planting in the fall or the spring is better. Um, probably better in the fall. Now okay. here's why when you put down that sod, it's going to need regular water for it to set those roots into the soil. In the fall, it'll have a lot less demand because we're getting cooler and cooler weather. Now, it can still go dormant on you. That doesn't mean it's dead. That means it's um, working its roots but not creating new leaves for you. So if you do it in the fall, it has a longer period of time to establish itself and set roots to be able to make it through heat like this in the summer. So I would look at doing it in a fall time frame, and you may find if the weather breaks at all that you could do it in September, which would give it plenty of time before it got too cold for the turf uh, to go dormant. And that just keep the water, uh, whoever you get the sod from, follow their instructions very closely and they will, it should establish well in the fall. If you wait till spring, you have the problem that we may get super surprise hot weather earlier and earlier every year, and it will be a problem trying to keep the sod moist. Okay. Now, as far as prepping the soil, is there anything that I could do now 
or should I wait until again the the fall? Well, I don't think you should do anything outside now. But if you okay. uh, want to prep for sod, if you can get about uh, well, first off, mow as low as you can get. Get um, get a, a weed killer. Try to kill out any weeds that are still showing up in there and uh, bare the soil. Put about a half inch of a good quality compost down on that soil and spread it out and then set your sod. Do your best to keep the sod pieces as close together as possible to prevent weeds from popping through and get yourself a... Uh, <clears throat> Get yourself a lawn roller. You can rent one for a few bucks so that you're going to the trouble of putting a sod down. You want that. You'd love to have pool table flat ground. So as you're getting rid of the weeds, you're getting rid of the green matter, you're burying the soil. Look for those places that are not being very even. You know, you got bumps or rolls or ridges and try to address those before you get sod on them. Okay, all right. Now, right now, I put out uh, winter rye last year, and so there's still the some of the um, dead rye. Should I pull that out or just leave it? Um, you can probably, well, with safety goggles and stuff, you could probably just weed eat it. Okay. Well, it's not it, that high. It's only maybe about two, three inches at the most. Yeah, weed eating will take it down to the dirt. Okay. Okay. Be careful All right. doing so because you're going to throw dirt like crazy. But you don't want to put sod on top of green stuff, already green and growing. Uh, you you can wind up with a chemical reaction that occurs during the decomposition process, and the chemicals produced can interfere with the roots of the new sod. So if you can okay. get bare ground, um, that's the best you can look for. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Thanks for the call, Gary. Yes, folks, something to consider. The idea is I've got a ratty, ugly yard, so I'm going to mow it, and I'm going to put sod right on top of it. You can do that. What happens is anything growing, when it gets covered with a piece of sod, is going to rot rather than decompose, and it'll produce some alkaloids and alcohols that are bad on the roots of the sod that are on top. So getting rid of much of the green as you can before putting down that sod will increase your chances of the sod taking and the sod doing well. It is a little extra work, but you're going to spend the money for this kind of turf. You're going to spend the money and use your labor maybe to put it all down start off with the right foot. It's it's like the joke. If you think it's going to take an hour to paint a room in your home, it means it's going to take 
two hours because you're going to do an hour of prep to make sure you get the best paint job. Same with putting down sod. You're going to do some much needed prep by getting rid of the grass, starting your best to level out the lawn to get rid of the ridges and things like that, getting some compost on top. So you're sure that your sod has something really good to sink its roots into, encourages it to sink those roots nice and deep. Sod is uh, not free. It can be rather expensive. So make your investment count. Get rid of the weeds. Get rid of the grass. Improve the soil. Level it out. And do the diligence of putting that sod in, fitting nice and tight to the next piece of sod. If you have gaps, you will have weeds come up in those gaps. So if you're going to do sod, take a break. I would not do it now. Most of you who would be considering sod, your water restrictions are not going to allow you to water as often as you may need to. Wherever you get your sod, follow their directions. They should give you pretty good guidance of how to help ensure that it's installed properly and that it has a great start for you so it'll look decent. You also have the ability, if you're doing sod and you're getting rid of the grass that was underneath there, opportunity is there for you to pick a different kind of turf. Maybe you have a full sun place and your St. Augustine wouldn't grow well. That's because it's a full sun place. That's a better grass for Bermuda or Zoysia. Maybe you have shady ground. That's where you would want to put in St. Augustine because the other two grasses want more sun than shade. But it's an opportunity to really fix up your lawn. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up on the top of the hour. We're going to break for the news. And I will catch all of you on the other side. 